Steeped in several layers of irony, hello, welcome to Somewhat Committed. Hi, I'm Adam Curtis. Hi, I'm Simon Bell. I'm not sure where that opening was going. What irony? (laughs) What? That's the thing, man. We're so deep, we don't even know what's real, what's going on in the world. We're just hanging here. Oh, no. Am I real? Are you real? Are you real? Are we all real? We're so deep, it's like the uh, new Star Wars title. It's so deep, it has so many meanings. It's so many meanings. What, what, what Star Wars title? There are so many Star Wars titles, I don't know which... No, have you not heard the new one? The Han Solo one? Oh, that's happening now. Yeah, no, they, so they filmed it. It's been filming the last year, they announced the title. It's been in production? Wow. Yeah, it's finished. There, there was a whole thing. They fired the original directors, who were the people who did the Lego movie. Okay. And they hired the guy who did Arrested Development. And it's absolute disaster. It has fallen apart at the seams. It's in the dirt. It's far... It's down there in the ditch. It's just not doing well. It seems like it was going to be that way. And then we heard the title. Now, you're going to name a Han Solo film. What would you name it? Oh, bad ideas. The film. You wouldn't name it Solo, would you? Solo, just Solo. Man, that's so low of them. The the full title is Solo, a Star Wars story. Terrible, awful, horrendous, it's fine. That name is such that you can hear the marketing team go, we'll call it Solo because the character's name is Han Solo. And this is a solo film with Han Solo. And it sounds like YOLO, stop. like the stop. millennials. And you're like, stop. stop. Ah. Wait, hang, hang on. Was there actually a hang-up on YOLO and Solo? Is, was that a thing? I see it happening. Okay, you can see that. Okay, that's fine. Dated memes. The way the font is and the way it's spelt mm-hmm. leaves it room so you could edit the S to look like a Y. Oh. And that someone is totally going to do it. And I bet you within 20 minutes of this podcast going up, that's already been a meme. When was this announced? When was this a Yesterday. Thing? It's happened. It's been. It's gone. We are. We are dated, Simon. We are. Old news, jaded. Far past the post of what is relevant in the moment of time that is now. Or Welcome. we're so past the point of relevancy that we have become relevant again. See, irony. Levels of irony. There we go. Tied it all back together. That opening worked. It, it's amazing. The, the, the circle has been completed. Like the Star Wars trilogy. Ah, this just keeps going. We need to stop. stop. We need to stop. <laughs> I think we've actually torn ourselves out of our own ironic rhetoric and it's now basically been torn asunder. Now we're just two idiots on a podcast. Oh, gosh. How are you, Adam? I'm well yourself. Yeah. Tired. <laughs> oh, no. So very tired. Uh, Perhaps I should have given a more sincere answer, but how are you tired? Oh, Matt, no. It's just been a week. It's been a week yeah. of, like, work just throwing stuff left and right to the point where I'm just like, I... I need some time off now. Good. I need to not look at a computer screen anymore. I need to go and read a book, do something else, anything else. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Go read a book. I will. Yeah, similar sort of sentiment. Well, I, oh, that's a whole other discussion. I hate technology, but I love it. And that is one reason of it, is that I am glued to this stuff. I am in front of a monitor most days, because that is my entire work cycle. That is my day of, of productivity, I say with quotes for the most part. I think it's hard to find anyone in this world right now whose daily routine does not include looking at a monitor of some description, even if it's a phone or a laptop. Monks. <laughs> They're the only exclusionary from this. 
Uh, and even then, they might have they might have something. I don't know. No, it's well, it's it's down to us to really build our own routine. If I'm not if I'm not satisfied, I'm obviously not. Well, I I I obviously haven't done anything about it to say that. Well, this is something that should be remedied. And the, and the idea of me going on more walks in the middle of the workday, yeah, going out and not spending money, going out just for me. And I have been doing that more recently. Okay, but a, li- a little bit more often. Do you schedule that in then, or do you just go when you feel like it? Is it like, oh, it's, it's lunchtime, that's my, I'm going to go out and do my outdoor stuff? I have a gauge. I have instinctual gauge, which says, I need some real air right now. I need <laughs> I need to take some good old O2, ingest it, make it a part of me. And you just get out of there and breathe the good shit. Yeah. None of that, whatever's in this room. <laughs> None of this recycled garbage of my own breath. No, absolutely not. And I go for a walk and it feels good. I feel relaxed and my brain is clear and I can take on the day. Yes. I've started reading instead of doing that. Every time I feel like I need a break, I just sit in the chair next to me and just recline and read a chapter of a book. Cool. Annihilation. Yep, Annihilation. I'm reading that at the moment. It's fantastic. Do you want to do a very on-the-spot brief review of Annihilation and your experience of it so far? Let me tell you the exact page number I am up to. I am up to page 83, and it's a fascinating book that holds no regards for its characters, and I love it. Excellent. Not afraid to kill them. No, no, it's not that they're afraid to kill them. They're not afraid to characterise them. Okay. They give them very limited characterization, just mm. enough so you could fill the role of that character but still have like a faint sense of their personality and what they would do in this situation, which okay. almost sounds contradictory, but it just works. But it's a really, cool. really fascinating mystery that I don't really know what the book's about because the book doesn't really know what it's about at the moment. It's just a very fascinating like study of this object they find. And go go read it, everyone. It's, it's not that long. The uh, person who directed Deus Ex Machina. Ooh. Have you seen that film? Yes. Oh, wait, no, it's not there. It's just Ex Machina. Oh, is it just Ex Machina? It's just Ex Machina, yeah. I watched that recently, again. The person who directed that is directing this. He's doing a film of this book. Oh, he's doing an adaptation. Awesome. Yep. Wonderful. I'm pretty sure there's a trailer out at the moment. Yes, no, I I have seen it. I, I, I might be lying. I need to have a look. You can cut this out. I, I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to watch the trailer because I feel like... I was reading The Gunslinger, which is mm-hmm. what The Dark Tower is based on, and I watched the trailer and it coloured my entire experience of that book. Like, nice. I, could, I couldn't stop picturing, um, was it Idris, I can't remember his last name. Idris Elba. I couldn't picture anyone in that role other than, like, Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba. Yeah, no, that happens. And much disdain towards mischaracterization of people when doing adaptations. That's a whole thing. I can understand that. But also, Gunslinger was, I really didn't like. But hey, that's for another another day glowing recommendation from somewhat committed the book run will be out or starting the campaign will be starting next week and you'll be sure to see the somewhat committed book sticker on the cover of annihilation just our faces thumbs up and like a book but the book's upside down and like book club yay you get a serif type on it yep having words uh the somewhat committed book club recommendation what is the somewhat committed font i've been trying to suss it out for about a month now sincerely okay uh oof. it's i think it's filson f-i-l-s-o-n i could okay. be wrong if i i just need to confirm that one second because this is really bad when i do the podcast album art mm-hmm. i should just ask you what the text <laughs> is because i keep going to like trying to write somewhat committed and i reverse image search the album art because you yeah. could do it to identify text yes 
So I do that and it can never identify the text. But I'm just too afraid to ask you what it is. So I just use the image. I don't know what pool that would, or what database that software would pull from to identify a typeface because it's an Adobe typeface, I think. It's from their type kit. I think it's called whatsthatfont.com and they have their own catalog and they point you to um, the font on any website. They just go, oh, this is it. There you go. They don't get it right all the time. No, they don't. Which is why you rely on human interaction by asking me a damn question. And like you leaving your house to go outside. But anyway, we wanted to talk about... Well, you wanted to talk about admin. I don't... You never want to speak about admin. No. Never. Nobody enjoys admin. Let's uh, let's pull down the admin filing cabinet and open this up again. It's, it's, it's labelled disappointment on the front. I'd like to add. This big, like, massive, sort of, like, foreboding filing cabinet falling down. And then it just has this really disappointing sound effect as it lands. Like, it's like a wet, like, sponge just flopping onto the floor. You said it was a file, it's a file, and let's establish this world. It's a filing cabinet. Yep. And you're opening up the drawer with the label on the front, disappointment. Yep. It just doesn't stop opening. It just keeps opening. <laughs> and you're, you're looking, you're searching, you're looking for one specific file, and that file is... It's to do with our podcast hosting. Yes. We identify some issues. Oops. After uploading last week's episode, which... Quite frankly, we knew about, but forgot about. That's how bad it was. Uh, we host the podcast on SoundCloud, and we knew when we signed up for it that uh, we would only be able to get three episodes out before we would be at the cap. I thought it would... I, I, I don't know if you thought this too, but the wording made it sound like if you try to upload after the three hours, because if for a free account you get three hours of free upload. After the three hours, I thought it just wouldn't let you upload anything. Sure. Turns out it lets you upload stuff, but it removes the older stuff. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. So episode one is no longer on online. It's gone. Lost. Which sucks. It's not lost, but it's it's a little annoying. Especially, it's a little bit annoying because some apps still have access to it somehow. Mm. Like Pocket Cast still has a link to episode one and you can still download it. I haven't tried it recently, but uh, after the RSS link got removed for the podcast feed, I tried downloading it, it still works. So who knows? I wonder if it's still there and I bet they haven't actually deleted it. It's hanging there. It's not deleted, it's still there. Yeah. The RSS link to it is gone. But iTunes, that you can't access episode one. It's just gone. You, there's no way to get to it. So we are aware of the issues. To be honest, we haven't spoken about it really much. So here's our venue to do it. Oh. Adam, what the fuck do we do? I have no idea. Uh, I don't really know any other services. I've been using SoundCloud for personal use for the longest time. Uh, you were just talking about having a YouTube account, but I don't know if iTunes can pull audio from videos and use those things. I think it can. I think because YouTube does give out an RSS feed, yeah. you can do it. The one thing I would say about YouTube from past experiences is YouTube's audio compression is awful. So I don't know if we would go with that. Vimeo. I was looking at Podbeam as a possible solution. But all of these other solutions they offer are paid. So what about what about what about your own server, your personal server? Yeah, so th- this this is the thing. Um uh, I was looking uh, at this too because you can just host something and create an RSS feed yourself. Hmm. The issue then becomes bandwidth. which at the moment is not an issue because we don't really have that many listeners. But say we start getting like 100 listeners, it would then become an issue. It would become a problem. 
special. You said you use SoundCloud. How, how are you using SoundCloud? Not three hours worth. Really? No. What do you use it for? The little things that I've done in the past. Not anything that would be so demanding mm. of my account. So it wouldn't... I've never made an, enough to reach this cap. So it's never been a problem for me. Huh. Yeah. What about Mixer? What does Mixer do? Does that just archive it anywhere? Mixler. Uh, I don't know if you can upload things to them. I don't think that's a thing. I'm not entirely sure. I'll have to explore that. I'll let you know. What if we just record the podcast and play it into Mixer? Into Mixer. And then it's just up on Mixer. It's now a paid service and we're not using my account because that's for something else. Okay. I'm sorry. I've basically shoved a wall in your face. Fuck, Adam. Man, this podcast is explicit for a reason. Yes, because I'm on it. You are. (laughs) Yeah, this is it's something we're going to have to look at. I might just pay the subscription for SoundCloud and just be done with it. As much as I don't like SoundCloud for podcasts, because I don't think it it's designed to redo that. It's just, you can do it. It's just convenient to yeah. have the ISS link. But yeah, we're going to look into it. So don't you worry, guys. We are now closing the filing cabinet. Yeah, we're closing it. That's it. That's the only admin stuff we had to talk about this week. Give it a second. It's, it's been pulled out quite, quite a ways. You've just got to... Give it, give it time. Get that Rolodex sound effect as you like push all the filing cabinets back in. Just if you, yeah. if you can have the sound effect of a filing cabinet closing over time, but it's really poorly looped because no filing cabinet could ever have been extended this long. I'm going. One minute. I'm going. It's still closing. Closing. Still closing. And then you'll need a you'll need a shutter sound as soon as it impacts the the cover. No, but that's the disappointing thing is there isn't one. You, you're waiting for it, and then it's cushioned. <laughs> yeah, great. But what have you been up to this week? Uh, what have I been up to? I've been animating in three dimensions. 3D? 3D. Why have you been animating? I've been animating a tape deck on a table with a camera in Unity. Unity's animation tools are still horrendous. They updated to Unity 2017, and I still want to gouge my eyes out. (laughs) It's not especially favorable towards animators in the games dev community. Yeah. Even still, as iterations come out, they still neglect that people... It's... It's not as if it's going to replace Maya, it's not going to replace 3ds Max as the tools, the the standards for animation in the industry. But just being able to work with those, the, the simplest part of the tools just are completely overlooked every time. For instance, be able to have full control over your Bezier curves, or that just the, the Bezier handles mm. in the uh, curves editor itself. I am still running up against that, and it's running against everything that I want to do as an animator, and that's painful. I've been learning Blender for a while, but do you think Unity is like a good... Like, if you were just going to start learning to animate and make video games, do you think the Unity, like, animation kit would be serviceable for that or do you think it's just completely worthless you might as well just learn blender absolutely not i sincerely fight against the idea of using unity as an animation platform to learn if only because every purely for this one reason one reason alone is that if you were to keyframe two points in motion it will interpolate between those two points so as game engines work they're running on the frame rate the processing power of your pc so what's happening is with your two keyframes it's going to try and find the fastest way to get to from point a to point b even if they're one frame apart even if the sample rate is whatever it's between 24 i don't know if the sample rate actually equates to frame rate but it shouldn't because that's not how unity works 
the refresh rate of the screen, isn't it? Is it really? Is that the sa- is that it, it reads the sample? I think that's the sample rate. I think it's how many times you sample that image on screen. Yeah, I've never actually read it as frame rate, only because of this issue. Well, it's it's not an issue. It's just how the engine works, and that's not the animation should never be the engine's problem. It should always be the animator's problem. It, it should never be fighting against the animator. Yeah. And to have to learn animation in Unity when everything is out against you like that, it, it's not a good place to learn. I'm just going. My tautology is wrapping over me itself. But so why are you animating in Unity? Because I hate myself. It, just it's just pure malice. Just pure hatred for your own ability to animate. It's more so that I've had experience getting animations from 3ds Max into Unity before, and it's never been a smooth process. There's always something that there's always one little hang up, and that's probably just me and my learning, and just not checking the right thing at some point during the exporting process, or I don't know for some reason it's reading the splines strangely, and now that my camera is 50 foot in the floor and everything's proportionally all over the place. It, I've had some strange happenings happen to me before. It's... The camera being in the floor sounds like a dope cutscene you should put in your game. Sure, yes. It's, I'm it's, sure. it's, it's, it's a messed up thing that you've just put in there. Uh, everybody will love it. What, what boundaries have been broken this day? Oh, you know, I stuck the camera in the floor. Yep, it's avant-garde. Game of the year. It's... Contemporary. Why are you actually animating at all? Is this for your game or is this just for fun? I wanted to do an example of a thing that I was talking about on Twitter recently. A game idea that circulates around the idea of the entire world. Uh, let me tell you about my game idea, guys. The entire world aesthetic being about overly descriptive labels on every little thing. So abundant that it's obnoxious. Think back to old Batman live action TV show and. Bam! Bam! Cause no, 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 no. We're talking about Batman 66. It's a Twitter account. Let me confirm the name of that very quickly. They tweet out images from the live action TV show back in 66. I'm looking this up. I've never actually looked into it to see if it is actually uh, a show that existed in the years 1966. Oh, uh, no, not in 66. Probably not in 66, but that's what the, the Twitter account's called. It's Batman 66 labels, or just Bat labels, and the image that I retweeted was sub-zero temperature vaporizing cabinet that Batman and Robin are stuck in, and they have thousands of other examples of just these labels slapped onto these objects in this world, and well, what if you could just run with it, just really have every little thing overly described to the point of it being annoying, and how that would lend itself to a story-based structure in a video game. Okay. So I've been animating a tape deck that has battery-powered uh, audio log of man sobbing relentlessly, <laughs> and that will eventually be me for my hatred over Unity's animation tools. <laughs> It's a self-fulfilling game where all the possible yeah. audio logs are just your reaction to building that item in Unity. I just want everybody to walk away from the game thinking, man, is the devil right? Is he okay? Uh, I'll say no. That's the ending, is me answering that question. Are you okay? No. 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 Credits. <laughs> I'm just trying to find you on Twitter because I've not seen this. It's, I even broke out into a whole thread trying to describe how it actually works as a game and you're imagining a game kind of like Scribblenauts where you give the player the power to actually attach these labels onto things and that changing the properties of it. So if imagine you came across this tape deck with just the words audio log of man sobbing relentlessly but it's not working, it's not turning on, there is no way of interaction that would allow you to switch it on. So you either have it as a predetermined a phrase that you discovered earlier in the world and how that would work it doesn't feel quite satisfying because it's just a tool in a puzzle game hey 
puzzle games, how linear they are, or you allow the player to actually type it out as you did in Scribblenauts, but yeah. in Scribblenauts is this whole system where every interaction is thought of and hard-coded into the game. There's an article about the laborious process of actually getting those interactions to work by the Scribblenauts devs themselves. But then you tack on battery-powered, you've given this object context, you've given this object a purpose, and now it turns on and you can hear the audio log of a man sobbing relentlessly. So, like, you're giving it properties? Yeah, I, I would imagine it would be applied to other greater things, like how would you open a door? Battery-powered door, I don't think, would work. But other other properties that you can apply to things, and that would... Hey, puzzle design, 101. That's kind of cool. It sounds like every other key and lock sort of game, or box and switch. You're probably too early into this game to kind of answer this question, but how are you stopping everyone just having the one answer? In Scribblenauts, the issue was that, basically, you just typed in death and it would kill everything on the screen, and then you just pick up the star. Like, there was basically, unless there were some, like, creative puzzles, but most of it could be just solved by killing everything on screen. Yeah, so having the freedom to be able to type out anything you want is constrained by development time purely. Yeah. If only because those interactions are so spiralling out of the developer's controls, you have... There's little in the way of oversight in what the player will do or attempt to do. So you constrain that. You have it... Your other way of doing it is by... By having predetermined phase uh, phrases in yeah. sort of like your inventory or your scrapbook, your dictionary that you can then pull out and say, okay, battery, uh, pick another word, powered, and then you would perhaps hit the space bar. I'm probably going to do this in the animation. Hit the space bar, uh, B A T T E R Y, uh, powered, and then hit another button and tack it on the damn thing. Yeah, it's just purely a problem of how much time you would want to devote to actually considering how much control that the player would want to have and how much they would want to put into the game themselves. If that doesn't make any sense. Makes sense. I was going to say one thing, which was, I know you like The Witness, or no, you don't like The Witness. I love The Witness, excuse you. Sorry, I speak to a lot of people about The Witness, and I can't remember who likes and hates The Witness. Uh, I like The Witness, it's great. I was going to say... The, the thing about The Witness that I thought did really well, I don't know how you would do it in this, in your game, is that The Witness kind of does that dictionary thing of like teaching you like a language and how to solve these puzzles mm. that then you just remember. So I wonder if you could do something like that in your game because like, The Witness makes you solve a bunch of puzzles then you go, ah, I now have to know how to solve that type of puzzle. Sure. Okay, I, I can use that here. And then you go to like another environment later, find some other way to solve a puzzle, then combine the two. And you're combining words at that point, essentially. You're, you're combining like the first part of like a sentence and the second part to get the solution. Yeah. And I think that was a really satisfying like twist in The Witness is when you solve this stuff by yourself and you start to develop your own like understanding of the world. You could kind of, it seems like you kind of wanted to do that with your game in that you could have like a couple of words that you develop like oh i know what this does i know this word yeah. works i know this word works i know this word works i could use them in any order to solve this puzzle i think the difference is that the witness has applied knowledge whereas this game which has a pre-existing language the english language yeah and the player is then just applying knowledge it, it, two very different ideas where applied knowledge in the witness is using what you've understood and learned and 
and apply. <laughs> okay, no, hang on. Let me let me reword this so that it actually makes sense. Because I'm just I'm just saying applied knowledge and then applied quotes knowledge. No, uh, applied knowledge in the witness of an abstract construct versus or abstract concepts such as the different methods in which you can navigate your way around the maze if only to satisfy the rules that have been applied. Whereas in this game, the knowledge is already known if especially if it's the former where you are freely able to type like in Scribblenauts and you're able to apply any word that you would want to. But it's... Uh, sorry, the words aren't with me at all today. I get the idea of what you're trying to say in that you basically boiled it down when you first say it where like it's applied knowledge versus pre-existing. Like you've already got an idea of how you could solve uh, Scribblenauts because you know far more tools that Scribblenauts has. So like Scribblenauts doesn't explain to you, you could type the bear in. It doesn't have a tutorial where the bear is the solution. You only know about the bear because you have a pre-existing understanding of the language. Where the witness yeah. is the opposite in that you have no understanding of how the world works. And you're you're constantly questioning your understanding of how the world works. Like you may solve a puzzle, have your own interpretation of how you solve that puzzle. But that might not actually be the solution. And you'll come to a, like a later puzzle going, actually, I think I might know how to solve this and then have that be flipped on its head. Like, I don't want to spoil the twist of Witness here because I think it's too good. But there, there are moments in that game where it completely just flips your like flips your head, or sorry, flips your understanding of what that game is and how you solve puzzles. If you were to talk about what's predetermined knowledge between both of these games, in The Witness... The, there is no predetermined knowledge aside from I draw lines in mazes and any knowledge beyond that is learnt in game whereas I, I don't think really the two games are or the two ideas are that comparable actually I don't think you can really apply witnesses logic to this because this game is so open-ended this because you are dealing with an entire language that already predates or is currently existing and that's the English language I, yeah it's, there's no comparison the polar opposites they're not like a direct comparison but you can compare them in the fact that they are both games where you are building a set of tools to complete puzzles whereas Scribblenauts has like yes it has billions of answers to every question but quite frankly everyone who plays that game and can attest to this is that you build a small selection of words that you know will work and you use them repeatedly where in the witness you are the opposite where you don't have a you don't have an understanding of how to solve the puzzles but you develop a small selection of like tools on how to solve the puzzle like they're both comparable in that way in the method in which you learn these two not so much but the end result is basically the same in broad strokes is that you have a small set of tools that you're going to use repeatedly on these puzzles because you've been taught by the game that these set of tools in your hands do solve the puzzle like in witness i know if i circle a, an object and get to the end i will solve the puzzle and i know in scribble knots if i type in um time travel i will constantly oh no sorry ladder i will be able to reach the star in most levels and then you're not really going to change from that structure much i'm trying to understand what you mean by using as a tool in the witness because every puzzle is different and you can't reapply the same logic every time only knowing that the logic is the constraints themselves that you can't do this in one puzzle but you can do this in another if only because one rule set is it's about fighting against the limitations of what the puzzle is demanding of you it's saying that okay you could do this once before but now you can't do this again so think so 
so now change your strategy, change your tact to now satisfy the new rulings and to then go on to consider multiple rulings stacking on top of each other to then change and advance the curving of the, of the difficulty curve. That bit there where you said multiple rulings is like your set of tools. Like, yes, like you can't just have like each area in the witness has different uh, solutions and different different rules that they can then apply. But there are moments where like, especially early in that game, you go and solve the greenhouse puzzles and you learn how to solve them. You know, you you learn that going straight to the exit in the maze does not solve the puzzle. You have to break the triangle and square. They cannot be touching in the same square. Sure. You can then take that knowledge back to a door you meet you walk past very early on in the game and you can open that door now because you have that knowledge in there on top of that is teaching you oh there are also these icons that appear on the map you can't actually go through them that's how you solve this so you're building this like understanding of the puzzle oh i know that if i see this item i should use this like i'm using tools like liberally here i'm not like saying that they are physical tools but i'm saying it like you've got an understanding of how the puzzle works and you're using like predetermined knowledge in sort of like like a puzzle piece like you're going okay i know this fits here okay i know i use this bit here i know i use this rule here that's what i mean when i say tools i'm not saying that you know how to solve the puzzle because you can solve one of them so you're using the challenge itself as the tool you are dragging the rule set around yourself if only to discover new parts of the island in that sense yeah okay i i kind of get where you're coming from so what what's your next step with it so you're just doing the animation now what are you going to do with it next it's just going to be an example it's just going to be almost like very flashy proof of concept of a sort so what will happen next in the animation i currently have it where you're picking up the tape deck and then what will happen you're hitting the space bar to open up a command line. While we're not saying that the battery powered would be used as a tool, at the very least it would allow the player to be able to type out the words battery powered. I'd very much like it not to be the case because that's, well, you might as well just have a battery in your hand and not this label printer that you've been given in world to then freely, quote unquote freely, slap labels onto things. So you would instead pick from your your dictionary as i think i said earlier and of yeah words and adjectives okay it sounds cool i hadn't seen it on twitter to be honest i i saw your amazing video of you listening to that new band you love they're the best the best boom chicka boom chicka drill 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 i bought their album and i'm going to stop listening to it in about a week's time when hopefully they'll leave my kitchen and you can eat again in a new state and i can eat real food again oh poor adam microwave for me Mm-mm. So, I've had a bit of a nightmare this week with Pong, but oh yes, I'm almost past it now. I've almost got to the other side. That's good. I've been trying to, because I, like I said, like I'm doing this to learn JavaScript. I've been trying to just make the paddles move in a way that's satisfying and i finally got it working but my god does it take forever <laughs> i had it to the point where like the ball would phase through the paddle right of course yeah but it would be inconsistent about it it would be like well okay if you're at the bottom of the screen it'll go through the paddle if it's at the top of the screen it'll hit you know i, I couldn't right. start it out for the longest time but we're finally getting there i'm getting to the point where i think i'm nearly finished with pong i'll put that up somewhere there's a strange collision issue 
as inconsistent for no reason i've oh sounds familiar it's weird because how i did it uh, in the end was that i basically made a canvas object in javascript that just makes the box and uh, i've just applied a bunch of if statements to it that says if ball hits it mm-hmm. then it will detract from the ball's velocity or increase it depending on what side of the screen it is that's just applied to the entire paddle so i couldn't even see why the ball would even know what part of the paddle it hits it, it just knows it's hit something it should ricochet back like the same logic is applied to the wall behind it mm. if the ball misses the paddle it still would ricochet back in the same way that if it hit the paddle that's just h- how i'm doing it but pong's going well but like I, I, I still like stand by. I don't know if I've said this to you before, but like I want to build like a Pong that evolves into other video games. You play Pong, you score a point. It becomes um, Space Invaders. Oh yeah, it could, yeah, because Space Invaders, and then you destroy a ship in Space Invaders, and it slowly becomes uh, Gallagher or something. And then it becomes sure. Pac-Man, and then it becomes Super Mario, and then it becomes like, Tetris and all these other games. It just evolves. I don't know how you would animate. For the Space Invaders one, if you were to move the paddles to the bottom of the screen and you're bouncing back and forth between the incoming invaders. Yeah. And you're, you're still trying to score points into each other's net, but you, you're split at the bottom where the tank would be. So my idea of how you do that is that you so you start with Pong, you get a point, and it goes down to Breakout. Okay. So then the paddle's at the bottom of the screen, yeah. and then the other paddle would then rotate up to the top and form all the bricks you have to break. And then oh, okay. the pong ball is still the pong ball. You would then break a square in breakout, and then yeah. the remaining squares become all the alien ships. Hmm. And then your paddle, then the ball becomes the beam that you shoot out of yeah. these little. Uh, I don't even know what the things cause at the bottom of the screen. It doesn't have a name, does it? It tanks. You become the tank. Then your power becomes a tank. That's how I would seamlessly do it because you then already have flipped the screen to become breakout. Mm. So it's not jarring to then become space invaders. Mm. The jarring stuff for me is going from space invaders to something like Pac-Man, and the only way I can see to do it is that you, oh god, you just you destroy all the ships but four. And the four ships become the ghosts. Right. And then, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay, no, start working on that. <laughs> I, I will. No, I, I'm still building Pong at the moment. It's been fun. Like, I've been still recording myself doing it. Cool. I, wa- I was getting slightly brave enough to stream myself the other day, but I kind of went against it. But I did end up streaming some Overwatch, which went poorly. <laughs> in what way Lo- loads of ways uh, i mainly did it as a test i'll i'll put it in the show notes but like my my up speed here is not great it's about 10 megabytes per second which is better than most connection speeds around here but not fantastic trying to stream overwatch it was just buffering all the time it was it wasn't in the highest quality it could have been and then on top of that i was incredibly nervous i don't know why it just felt like a really nerve-wracking experience three people watch this stream live and just thinking that there are three people randomly in this world somewhere watching you really freaked me out to the point where i just i shut down on stream and i was like i i don't know what to talk about if it makes you feel any better at least one of them is a twitch moderator well i did it on youtube okay never mind a youtube moderator youtube moderator ah they don't exist you're right sorry yep yeah it was weird it was a weird experience i know we said last week we might stream cuphead and that kind of didn't come together for various reasons i uh, just forgetting honestly i just wanted to try it just to see what it's like to stream yeah and it was fun I, i'll probably do it again but i got i was told i suck at overwatch 
So overall, I feel like I got the streaming experience I wanted. Did you say somebody told you that you subbed? Yeah. While streaming. Yep. Great. So it's the perfect online experience. The full live streaming experience. Amazing. Uh, yes, and then I was incredibly racist, and everyone still loved me. Ah, you had your heated moment. I had my heated moment, and I said, "Fridge." What? I, our, ki- our kitchen appliances considered racist in your world yes i'm from somerset and they are pieces of technology that should get out of my town okay yeah and also the only other thing i ended up doing last week i started editing together the footage for me coding so hopefully probably next week now i will try and get out something and i will post it somewhere and i'll put it on twitter or something sure it, that's been fun and actually it it really helps just re-watching that footage just to then reacquaint yourself with what you did and why you did it because talking to the camera and explaining your decisions why you did something is really helpful looking at this code going why did i do that over everything else and just be able to see it it just it helps yeah we went over this uh last recording just how useful it sounds did you take that on board after the last time because i remember you saying you you liked the idea I haven't recorded anything over the last couple of weeks, actually. Ah. Um, but the only way I would do it is if I was live streaming. And, well, we know how that usually goes when we talk about live streaming. Uh, and then we don't actually do it. But it will happen. It will happen. At it's part point. of the show title is that we are somewhat committed. So we haven't actually committed yet to the idea of streaming. Even though we sound pretty convicted that it's going to happen at some point. It will happen at some point. I would almost go as far as to say it might happen next Wednesday. That's awfully specific and you are writing yourself into a corner, but do explain. I don't know. I, I, we talked last week, didn't we, about Cuphead. You bought Cuphead in the end. And I started playing it. I'm sorry. I'm going to buy Cuphead next Wednesday, potentially. See how things go. I've got a wedding coming up, so things are up in the air at the moment with buying Cuphead, not the wedding. Um... <laughs> so I'll probably if I buy it, I will. We will do our streaming idea because I think it's a fascinating one. We should do, and we should totally do it. Yes, and we'll see how it goes. I'll be a little bit ahead, if only because I'm already on the last area. And I'm sorry, I just really wanted to play it. It was it was exciting to have a new game that I'd actually enjoy and play for longer than an hour. This is something we should address. The fact we talked about this previously that the fact you don't play video games, I hate video at games. all. So the fact that you told me you. Finished, nearly finished this game. Blew my mind in a way that I just couldn't comprehend. I still haven't returned to it. That's the thing. I, th- I think we're, we're we're refining the problem that I have by playing shorter games. Well, no, it's not even that. Is that I, I'm only interested in the game at the time of purchase or at the in the first instance that I booted up for the first time. Any idea of me returning to it at any point in the far flung future is minimal at best. But I. I think Cuphead, uh, well, I'd like to think Cuphead is an exception. I think it's a marvellous game and I've absolutely enjoyed my time with it. But I think it goes beyond just saying a game's really good to have me return to it later on, at a later date. It doesn't work like that. That's still the main reason I play video games, is captivating story and gameplay. I will play a hundred times, but something like a corridor shooter couldn't do it. But I, I will try and play a game more than an hour. I will I will give it time, unless the game is that absolutely bad. An hour was just a arbitrary amount of time, but yeah. Because I played Cuphead for at least four hours, if not more. I think that's 
everything. It's been a weirdly game-heavy podcast this week. Mm. I don't know what that says about us at the moment. That we are, we are well, we're game people. Wait, yeah, you. Yeah, but you're a game designer. But like when we first recorded this, like we were we were talking about variety of stuff. But no, video games are our bread and butter at the moment. This this is the very basis of our reach and what we do more often than anything else is well everything everything that I've specifically spoken about has been video game related. You've been on marathons. You've been yes. working on a magic mirror. That was the first thing you spoke about. Uh, network issues and server issues and work issues. Mean video games, video games, video games. It's basically I, I'm a varied producer. Quick, quick aside, update on the mirror. Still happening. Good. Will happen. I will right. finish it. It will happen in the last episode of Somewhat Committed. I guarantee it'll be the how we end this show for real is I'll finish that mirror. You said, wait, the last episode of Somewhat Committed, what you said, it'll be completed by the time the last episode has gone up, if that ever yep. exists. Okay. So, I won't finish it until we know this is a good place to end this show. <laughs> Far-flung future of 2016. Wait, no, we're not doing this again. No. Uh, Somewhat Committed Simulator 2018. But this was before we started recording. We can't just drag that in now. The timelines are screwed. With that, should we open up the internet and look at some Medium articles? Yes, I have my tab ready. I'm reading one to you. I'm going to find one this time around. And I... you, you on it this week? Yeah, I was prepared, ready to go. Uh, let's have a quick look. It's a very spooky time of year. Oh, God, I've already done creepypastas. Okay, I'll just go with this. Ghost buttons, why you should be afraid. Ghost buttons? Ghost buttons. Little things you tack on your shirt. What, like like actual buttons that you replace physical, like the, the original button was with? Where's your ghost button, Simon? My ghost button? Oh, God. Uh, I, the first thing I thought of was, like, scouts, when you said <laughs> yeah. this, like, title. Was that, like, it was, like, a reward for, or, like, a warning they tell the kids is, like, hey, don't be crazy and, like, mess with spirits. Don't invoke their imagery on anything because... Even ghost buttons will invoke some evil spirit and come and get you. Okay, so the the buttons themselves have their own spirit. They they are, they are possessed and they are spiritual in some way. Do you know Yokai Watch? Do you know Beyblade with like the bit beasts? I know the first one you said. Yes, Digimon, like something like that, where like the spirit is entranced in it. Maybe maybe it is a new craze we could that is sweeping the nation that we don't know about. It is literally like. Actually, it's just yokai watch. It's literally just ghosts, like, um, badges that people are using to battle with each other. You like, you button. flip it into a ring. Yeah. And, like, that ring has, like, some circles and where the the button lands, it gets different properties and then they fight. And then you trade your buttons and you've got Bobo the Clown, who is, like, a super rare one. And then you've got um, Tall Clown. Ah, so your ghost has unfinished business. Ah, whereas mine was murdered in a penitentiary award. No, yours is far superior. My my is just a depressed man who couldn't make it in any other career. That's my... Also, I don't know why I said spirits and then went went to describe clowns. I have some issues. Your your ghost threw himself off a bridge. This is this This is horrible. Anyway, that's a horrible way to end this. Thank you for listening. Are we are we are we ending this? Yes, we're ending this. Okay, we we're done. We're done. We have met our quota, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to slap my ticket in the clock. I don't know how they work. Um, 
It sounds exactly like that. Yep. A whip. <laughs> a whipping sound effect. <laughs> yes. Gorgeous. Thank you, ladies and all gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this edition of Somewhat Committed. Uh, you can follow this here podcast at Quite Committed on Twitter. We are available on iTunes and some other podcasting apps. Mm. As to be confirmed. Simon, where they can work, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Adam G. Curtis. Uh-huh. And you can follow me at Simon Birdle. Thank you again. Thank you. I'll speak to you soon. Bye, Adam.